Hello, hello. Welcome to Random Acts of Living. I'm your host, Emilia Nordhuk. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited about the story that I have to tell you. So let's go ahead and just dig right into the meat of it. Aloha, and welcome to a special series of Random Acts of Living. This series is the story of my husband Matt's accident, and it was recorded on the four-year anniversary of that accident um, in this year, 2020. So I wanted to I wanted to create a series. There's three episodes here, and um, and I feel like they're best listened together, or just that you're aware that they go in a series. Um, and I wanted to record this story because I feel it's, it's a story about resilience in the midst of baffling, heart-wrenching trauma. And I think we're all living that right now to one degree or another. And at some point, I feel like it'll be important for us to tell these stories. So I want to be able to create that space now that there's there's a space for this, the story and for our collective trauma as we grow out of this global pandemic. I also wanted to integrate the moment of this particular, um, history of mine into my story. I think that's a really important thing to do. Um, and so not just through like my art making, in the living of my life, but just to give this story some body, to give it a voice. And finally, I want to celebrate the love that my husband and I had and held for each other. I think that was a really beautiful thing and got us through the hardest parts of this and into the part of resilient and able to to move forward and live our best lives and stay present. So, I hope that you, gentle listener, also find some joy and beauty and, and there'll be heartache, but I think like me, you'll be able to come out the other end. Hey, good morning campers. So, um, so today is August 4th and it's the four year anniversary of when my husband was found on Molokai after the the ordeal that he went through. So briefly what happened was he had gone up um, to the project that um, my organization was working on. And while he was up there taking care of the bamboo, he decided to walk up to the open well. And, and we don't know what he was doing up there. Um, he couldn't remember if he was just... Um, like checking it out, like probably how to cover it because he was a carpenter and he was that kind of person and, and he fell in. So he fell in 15 feet, broke his spine in seven places, suffered a traumatic brain injury. And, and you would think that's where we would have found him dead, you know, when weeks later, but no, that badass motherfucker <laughs> climbed out of the well. Um, when I, when I got to him, like his toes and fingers were broken and bloodied, not just from crawling out of the well with a broken back. Um, but he, the, the well was at the back of this valley 
And so in order to get out, he couldn't walk. So he had to crawl on his hands and knees. Um, the, I think it's about, it's between seven and 10 miles. I'm not, I'm not really sure. So he did that. So it took him, so he fell into the well Tuesday morning, August 2nd. He was found to Thursday afternoon, August 4th on the road, uh, the highway, um, outside of the area known as Kamalo on Molokai. And, and it's a, it's an extraordinary tale and it's definitely his to tell. So I'm not going to go into the details that, um, that, that he has and his experience with that. Um, but of course it caused all sorts of trauma. Um, he has PTSD and, but I want to talk about the remarkable thing of our will to survive. I think it's just incredible. I mean, his will to climb out of the well, his will to crawl for that long without food or water. And that he had the dogs with him. And so the dogs guided him and kept him awake and not losing consciousness because he would have not woken up and, um, and kept him going. And then there were, you know, very magical things along the way that happened that helped to, um, to keep him alive. So, but the dogs and, and one dog passed away last year and the other dog is with me now, Lele. Um, so I woke up this morning and Lele gives me this big sloppy dog kiss. And I'm just like, Oh my God, you're just like, you're a superhero dog. Oh, I'm so lucky that you're my companion. <laughs> um, Matt, of course, wanted to take care of her, but he can't, um, at this point in his life. Um, it's too, she's, she's big and definitely was the protector of him when he was in the forest. And, uh, and she's definitely my protector, um, as well. So, and I kind of wonder if like in their dog brain, if they were just like, yeah, no, we got to get Matt back to Amelia. Like, this is our job. Like we have to get him back to her. This is our job. Let's do this. Go team. So, so that's what the superhero dogs did. And, uh, and the superhuman badass motherfucker that is formerly known as my husband, <laughs> Matt, that's what he did as well. Um, so, so everything, you know, is as at this point, like escalates, right? So they find him, they, you know, they've life flight him to Honolulu. And they have them on a board. They're trying to figure out that they need to do surgery. Like all of this stuff that happens in, you know, physical trauma is just, is like so intense. And, and I'm still in Portland. And, and when you're the person stuck and you can't do a goddamn thing, you're just stuck there feeling, <laughs> feelings and, and worry and, you know, will, will Matt live? Will he die? Will he walk again? What's, you know, and, and to be honest, I had no, I, I, I didn't understand the traumatic brain injury at all and how, and how that would affect our lives more than anything else. So, 
so I think about that today and I think about, you know, how, how it all felt, um, in, in, in that moment and how easy it is to pull up, um, those feelings and to be triggered and to be put back in that place. And I think it's, um, it definitely fuels my art at this point, talking about trauma and talking about being triggered and, and finding ways to not be triggered and to self-manage and, and calm myself when, when I get into those moments, because it's really intense. And if you've ever experienced it, and I believe most of us have, you're just like, Oh yeah, I know what that's like. And we, you know, then can develop bad habits of dealing with it, like smoking and, um, the heroin probably comes to mind. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I could have done that. I didn't. Um, and drinking for sure. Um, right now I'm drinking coffee, so that's good. But, um, I really believe in order to, to transform the trauma, you have to acknowledge it. You have to take it out. You have to look at it. You have to stare at it. You have to play with it. You have to get to know it on a level that you probably, probably most likely never wanted to. I know I didn't. I still don't. I hate it, <laughs> but but there it is. It's it's in my consciousness and it's in my body, and um, and that's where I find most things are are in my body. Um, but back to the story of how then Matt and I started working together with the with the trauma when I was able to get a flight and and get back to him on uh on the next day but i think I'll, I'll talk about that tomorrow i think it's still really important to to acknowledge all of those things that lead up to to finally addressing um the person who has experienced like the major trauma people around you will still experience their own trauma because of that, you know, like when I described having open heart surgery, I mean, that was something that I did, but every single person who was close to me also was touched by that and had to go through their own trauma of potential loss and change. You know, I, I look back and I see it actively happening and I talk to the people who are with me when we found out what happened and how to manage those emotions and, and it was really intense and, and they validate that, which is great. <laughs> so, and all I could think about after two and a half days of wondering where he was and, you know, going through all of those emotions of, you know, being angry and being scared and, and then, you know, to have that confirmation of like, God damn it, I knew something was wrong. I knew it. I knew it in my core. I knew it, you know, in my, my instinct and in my belly, in your center. You know these things. And so one of the takeaways for me is that I really trust that instinct when I feel it go off, I'm just like, mm, tune into that. 
tune in because that is correct. That feeling is correct. And, and so for the past four years, that has been one practice. Um, if you want to call it a meditation, but just to really, um, ground myself in the sense that I know what's right and I know what's going on. And even though I may not have confirmation or validation from anyone else in the universe, the universe and I are in sync and I have that capacity and that power. And we all have that capacity and that power. And, and I think right now, when we're living in a world with such turmoil and, uh, and, and really, you know, like so many questions and so many paradigms are about to shift. I, you know, I think it's really important and probably the most important thing that each of us like tune in to our, our central power and our instincts and our knowing of, of what we know and what we believe is, is right and is happening because you, you have that. I have that. We all have that. And there has to be um, a basic trust that in ourselves and, and in our own ability to, to know that, to own it and a responsibility then to come from that place when we interact in the world. So I, I mean, that's a takeaway after four years and it'll be a practice that I, I take with me for the rest of my life because I tell you, it's not easy and getting here was not pretty and it was pretty fucking messy <laughs> and there were some really ugly moments and a lot of brokenness, but that's where you come back to that center and you know that brokenness can be healed. The trauma can be transformed. And it all makes for great art. It all makes for great stories. It all makes for great music. And my deepest hope is that it inspires people. It inspires and motivates and gives people comfort. I hope it does that, you know, that we're not alone, that we're really in this together. Well, that's my hope for, for everyone today. You take comfort in, in your own power in your own knowing, because that's going to create not only the freedom that you need for your life, but by doing that, you shine that light for other people. And it's so important. Thank you for joining me. And if you found this interesting or provocative or maddening, well, leave me a review and tell me about it. Drop me a line. Let me know some of your stories. And thanks again for joining me. I look forward to talking to you again. Have a great day. Be well. Stay present. Aloha. Aloha.